Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. In 2006, I'd been a massive Gary Newman fan for 12 years. By this point, social media still wasn't a thing, and I'd only really had the internet properly for about six or so years. My love for Gary was something of a secret. I wasn't embarrassed necessarily, I just didn't think any of my close mates would understand why I was such a massive fan of a synth-pop legend from the 80s. Gary just wasn't something I spoke about openly with my friends. But thankfully, that changed at uni as I met my soon-to-be best friend Sam. While hanging out one day, he had his music on in his room and a track by Gary Newman came on. I'm pretty sure it was Dark or another song from Pure Hybrid. I couldn't quite believe it. Not only had I met someone pretty cool, but he also not only knew who Gary Newman was, but was a fan. A lifelong friendship was born in that moment. I'm sure a lot of you have had similar moments over the years. Fast forward a year or so, I was in my second year of uni by early 2006, and my friendship with Sam allowed me to finally see Gary Newman live. I had someone to go with. As a youth, I didn't really go to many concerts, despite my love for music. My close friends and my family weren't the concert-going types, plus I was quite the shy kid, so I hadn't really ever thought that seeing Gary live was an option. Again, in this pre-internet world, you just didn't know things as easily as you do now, as weird as that sounds. Uh, But with Sam's help, we discovered that not only was Gary performing live in London to promote his new album Jagged at the Forum, uh, but he was also doing a record signing at HMV. So the idea of actually seeing Gary in the flesh and also speaking to him was absolutely mental for the 19-year-old me. Uh, But we travelled to London, got in line, and had a brilliant day. Uh, Though it was kind of tainted by the fact that HMV staff decided to uh, loop a video of David Bowie alongside the words Gary Newman signing in big letters, which made no sense and no doubt irked a lot of Newman fans due to Bowie's known dislike of Gary back in the early 80s. Uh, Plus, there was a particularly funny moment when one guy who resembled John McCurrick was uh, completely furious that we were clogging up the HMV aisles as he attempted to find a Little Feet CD, all while shouting, they shouldn't do this, why are they doing this? And his wife going, Gary Newman! It's um, funny what stays in your brain all these years later. But anyway, we finally got our turn got Gary to sign our vinyls of Jagged and uh, I mumbled something incoherent while Sam took a photo for me. It was an amazing moment and I've still got the photo. Uh, while we were in line, HMV would play tracks from Jagged over the loudspeakers. Uh, there were two songs in particular that I remember hearing. Uh, the intro track, Pressure, and uh, what would also arguably be the best loved song from the album, Halo, which is the song we'll focus mostly on today.
Six long years since Gary's previous album, Pure had become a big success critically and saw Gary getting the best reviews of his career, showing that his transition to industrial and metal was the right one. Uh, in the meantime, he had released his hybrid album, uh, which I kind of consider a full studio album, even if it isn't officially, in 2002. Uh, from that album, he reached number 13 in the singles charts with the song Crazier, which we'll cover another day. So it wasn't like he hadn't done anything for six years, not only that, but he had become a father to two children after years of IVF attempts, so he was kind of busy. He had also had issues with his former record company Artful and a general concern at the prospect of producing a successful follow-up to Pure, all reasons why there had been a six-year gap between albums. He said in his Revolution book, Over the next few months, I was writing far more. My worries about losing my newfound press approval had been overtaken by the fact that I hadn't put out any new studio music for nearly five years. I needed to stop drifting and get on with it. Whatever the reviews were going to be for Jagged, it had to be done. And I reminded myself that pretty much every negative thing they could say had already been said. I actually felt as if the praise for Pure had made me soft and vulnerable, which was absolutely not the way I needed to be. Survival in the music business requires extraordinary resilience. You have to be emotionally armoured to withstand the slings and arrows that are fired at you. And I couldn't afford to get soft and hang on the praise of others. I remembered what I needed to be. And it was with Jagged that Gary first started working with Aid Fenton as co-producer. Gary first met Aid at his various uh, band gatherings at the time, and he'd first shown Gary his techno recordings, which Gary had no interest in, but it wouldn't take long before Aid showed him his growing prowess as a producer. He said, I gave Aid Fenton two more songs, just to make sure his work on Scanner hadn't been a fluke. They came back and were equally brilliant. He seemed to know exactly what I was trying to achieve with all three of them and had the skill to develop those rough ideas of mine into something better. The new direction I was looking for opened up like a door onto a vast new landscape. So I decided to take a gamble and asked Aid to produce the entire album. It was to be the start of a long and successful partnership. I said in an interview at the time, the whole process with Aid was excellent. He is such a good person to work with that even on the rare occasions when I thought a track had gone in the wrong direction, he'd say, fair enough, we'll have another go. With Aid, it was just easy. There was no attitude, no ego problems. So Newman used more musicians on Jagged than on any of his albums over the previous decade. Uh, the Sulphur team of Rob Holiday and Monty contributed to a number of tracks, but eventually Gary took the finishing production touches out of their hands and completed the album with Aid Fenton. Guest performers on the album included Nine Inch Nails drummer Jerome Dillon, as well as Martin McCarrick from Therapy and his wife Kimberly. Longtime Newman collaborators Steve Harris, Richard Beasley and Andy Gray also played on the album. Lyrically, the album continued where he left off on his previous two albums using themes about religion, but he also went down a different route, he explained. The album had taken a turn, lyrically, from the Sacrifice, Exile and Pure albums I'd made previously. With Jagged, I wanted to move away from my thoughts on faith and religion, but I had little else that fired me up. So... I looked at my past, and in particular the less savoury side of it. I wrote about the things I'd done, the people I'd met, 
the things I was ashamed of, and some night I wasn't ashamed of, but probably should have been. It was like a catalogue of guilt. One of the best press comments I read about Jagged was that it was so pulverizingly powerful that listening to it on headphones was not unlike putting one's head into a machine that compressed cars into metric square cuboids, which was exactly what I was trying to do. Halo is a song where Gary appears to still be angry at God and people who follow religion blindly while, when looking at the chorus at least, uh, but he also hits out at people who think they're infallible or who pretend to have never made any mistakes or hurt people, essentially saying that we're all imperfect and capable of bad things. sound of the track is much like what had come before and what was soon to come in future albums but much like the rest of Jagged it has a somewhat raw and aggressive sound to it and uh, also has some of the dance oriented sounds of Gary's output in the late 80s on songs like Voice. Is it pronounced Voice or Voix? I'm never sure. Anyway uh, the name Halo would be of great significance for Gary. He had previously called his short-lived record label Jagged Halo and he also bought a twin-engine fast cruiser called a Falcon 21, which he renamed Halo. Halo actually started life in 2004. It was one of the first few songs he wrote in this period, and it was originally called Does God Bleed? He performed the song live in 2005, a year before Jagged came out, and uh, bootlegs of the demo appeared online. Rob Holiday on bass, Jerome Dillon on drums, Aid Fenton on keyboards, Steve Harris on guitar, Monty on keyboards, and of course, Gary on keyboards, including the uh, Spectrasonics Atmosphere, the Korg M1, and the Access Virus, as well as guitar. Speaking about Halo, around the time to musicplayers.com, Gary said, I think it's the second song I wrote for the album, and it's the first one Jerome played on. Initially, it was possibly my least favourite song, uh, but as it progressed and a few things were added, the song really just came alive. Essentially, once Jerome was on top of it, and now it's perhaps one of my top two or three songs on the album, and it works brilliantly on stage. Halo would continue to be a live favourite for Gary, and has been one of his most performed songs of the past 15 years, including his most recent shows in 2022. Thankfully, reviews for Jagged were positive, so Gary didn't have anything to worry about, uh, though it did only have a disappointing chart entry of number 59 in the UK and sold less than Exile and Pure. Gary said... In March, I released Jagged through Cooking Vinyl. The reviews were not what I'd feared. 
In fact, they were every bit as good as they'd been for Pure, if not better. It had taken me five years to put Jagged together, a time span fueled in no small part by my fears of what was to come when it was released. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Of all the albums in Gary's post-sacrifice career, uh, Jagged is one that I find myself forgetting about compared to others, uh, despite my close affinity to it upon its release. Uh, listening to it back, it's possibly the best album that showcases what it's like to be at a modern Gary Newman concert, thanks to the majority of the live instruments on in, in play. Uh, but it doesn't quite have the slick and polished sound that Gary and Aid are, are able to produce now. This was their first album together, so it was early days, uh, but it was a brilliant sign of what was to come. It would be another five years before Gary's next album, Dead Sun Rising, and seven years until his next proper album, but we'll get on to that another time. So that's it for this episode. Have a great time to anyone who's seeing slash has seen Gary at our fest in Blackpool, depending on when you listen to this. I'll be back next time with another Newman track. For now, head to newmanpodcast.com to hear the previous episodes and to subscribe, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact me on newmanpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at newmanpodcast. Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. pioneer.